Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Running the Bases. I'm your play-by-play, Tucker Wells, joined as always by Coach Jordan Bounds. Coach, how are you, man? Pretty good, Tucker. If you're the play-by-play, I guess that means I'm the color man. I guess so. I All guess right. so. So All right. we are recording this on Wednesday, June 11th, 2014. Um, last night, the uh, Braves um, uh, played a football game uh, in Colorado. Did you catch the game, Coach? Yes, I watched most of it, walking kind of in and out, but yeah. Well, here's a few fun facts. First of all, final score, Atlanta 13, two, a touchdown and two field goals, and Colorado 10, a touchdown and one field goal. We had a B.J. Upton triple. That's exciting. Uh, Andrelton Simmons, first career grand slam. Uh, Freddie Freeman uh, and El Oso Blanco had a home run each. Freddie's went 372 feet to the opposite field, and Justin Upton is day to day with a strained hamstring. Uh, you owe me comment on all of this. Well, I just what, do, right. you, what do you think after I, such a uh, display? All right, I have been encouraged the last couple of games. Looks like Freddie's back on the ball now. Looks like his eye problem is over. Uh, temporarily, you know, that's good. We go like kind of how Freddie goes. Uh, the, uh, Andrelton Simmons is my favorite brave currently. So everything he does in a positive vein, I'm like, you know, he's my boy. He's my uh, favorite too. And you know what? It's kind of tragic for me. He's on my fantasy team. I had him on the bench. I could have <laughs> had a, I could have had four RBIs and I, I, I sat it on the bench. You know, I don't like playing fantasy leagues, uh, that with current players i that i that's why i've kind of gotten away with it or gotten away from it i mean i'll I'll play simulation leagues and use current players past seasons i'll use craig kimbrell for you know a couple of years ago it's kind of like the same thing uh i used to name my plants uh after females in my life uh and then when suddenly they always die. I have a brown thumb. When uh, suddenly a a plant was doing poorly, and I'm thinking, oh my god, you know, there's like so and so, you know, that's doing poorly. You know, I mean, I, I associated that with real life. I, I don't know. It's which kind of uh, which plant that died was the most tragic? Oh, by the time I I. I truly believe by the time Alana started to die I was and never did that was that big fat plant in there I finally just had but to which it. which I I don't think the viewers know Alana but which plant named after a baseball player when it died oh no no, no. it wasn't baseball players it was they were always women oh sorry. I'm sorry yeah. oh no all my plants were female that's a bad omen right there well yeah I guess but well um uh let's talk about minor just briefly here here's uh here's minor's line from yesterday uh four innings pitch complete 11 hits eight runs Three walks, three strikeouts. Only one home run, though, as a bright spot. Only one home run. Look, I, I don't think uh, you escape Colorado. You know, that's you know, I, I I don't. There's nothing from a pitcher standpoint. There's nothing reason to talk about it unless you're a profound sinker ball pitcher. You know, when they Tewksbury or something. Yeah, when when they. When the Rockies went to the World Series in 2007, um, I, you know I can't I can't recall the pitching staff off the top of my head. But what did you attribute to the their their success that year? 
uh, that they had a lot of people that were right for their ballpark. Yeah, in a, in a hitting I, I sense seen, or pitching? I, in a hitting sense. I haven't seen a team uh, – or I, I haven't – there's never been a ballpark in my life that influenced the outcome of a game more. I would agree. And, you know, um, you make this argument about Wrigley Field. Um, Wrigley Field can be as much of a pitcher's ballpark as it is a hitter's ballpark. Yeah, and I think it's that back and forth, that unpredictability that makes it so hard to actually win consistently there. So Boston is a hitter's ballpark, you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there, there's there's parks that are unquestionably one of the, one or the other. So right. oh yeah, absolutely. And I'll be curious as to what this satanic new Brave Stadium is going to be, hitters or pitchers. So mm-hmm. anyway. Um, so that was last night. So for today's show, we've, uh, first of all, thank you to those who are picking us up on soundcloud.com and also following us at Twitter, uh, hash, uh, handle at running the base and also on Facebook running the bases page. Uh, so we're going to answer your questions tonight. Um, we got some good questions from some, some true ball fans. And, uh, so here we go. These fir- the first comes from Chris. He is in L.A. but grew up in Freeburg, Illinois, and is a lifetime Cardinal fan. He's, Sorry. I know. Nobody's perfect. I forgive him. Um, he is also the co-founder and owner of themanregistry.com. So if you're in need of uh, gifts for the groom that are a lot cooler than a vacuum, go check out themanregistry.com. So Coach Chris asks us, what current players are a lock for the hall? Who's borderline, and what do they need to do to make it in? Well, that doesn't sound like one question to me. That sounds like several. Well, uh, you're going to have to play ball here. That's right. the whole point okay. of this show. All right, I understand. So let's uh, take the first one. What current players are locked for the hall? Let's start with pitchers. Uh, with pitchers, uh, I would say Chris Lee is as close to a lock. Now, now wait, wait a minute. No, let we're, me... we're talking current players. Yes, I, I want to say, let me qualify. Cliff Lee, you said Chris. Did oh, you mean yeah, Cliff? I meant Cliff Lee. Okay, Cliff Lee. Uh, and, and I would start off with kind of a common denominator that if I'm going to say somebody is a lock, they need to have played 10 years. Uh, the uh, There are certain young ball players that look, Mike Trout looks like he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, he looks like he's going to be all world, but he's played, what, three years or so. You know, you got to give. Yeah. Uh, and uh, for pitchers, I'm going to say Cliff Lee uh, is there. Uh, you know, I mean, Mo retired last year. Halliday's retired. I, uh, I'm not sure that uh, CC is a lock. Uh, so I'll say Cliff Lee. Cliff Lee from pitch. You don't. You don't think any. Other, I mean, how about Verlander? Verlander to me is not a lock. Suppose he goes down right now and is an average pitcher. Uh, he has Tommy John surgery next year, and he's an average pitcher, 500 for another four years. Is he a lock with where he's at? No, I don't think so. I, is he at – he looks like he's really close, you know, but he's not a lock yet. Well, okay, so the, the second part of Chris's question here, the borderline players. So you say CC Sabathia. What do you think Sabathia has to show 
I mean, first of all, how many years do you give him left in his career, in his arm? I don't know. I haven't been paying that close attention, but I don't think he's had a very good year this year. No, and, not at all. His ERA uh, is well above four. His strikeouts are down. And it's all, I mean, he lost all that weight. So yeah, he just, well, yeah. beyond, beyond, I mean, he's going to have to have a couple more good years. I think closer to the Hall of Fame after, I think Cliff Lee will get it. Uh, King Felix is probably next uh, in line. After that, probably Verlander. Uh, the uh, these are people that need, uh, you know, uh, top two or three seasons, a couple more. Uh, I mean, Kershaw's, uh, you know, got to be on his way. But I mean, goodness, you know, he's on. How about Miggy? How about uh, Miguel? You, you asked about pitchers. Well, we starting with pitchers, but let's let's move into hitters. Um, uh, Mickey's down there. The first one beyond Jeter. Jeter, we all know, is a lock. Beyond that is Ichiro. Really? People are forgetting about Ichiro. Well, yeah, that's. I mean, I, I shouldn't sound surprised. Yeah, that's a. He's a he, lock for yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I. But right now, if you, I think if you ask that question, the, people forget about Ichiro. You know, uh, they do because he, he he never he never played in the World Series. I think that Seattle. That, that's why. We yeah, about he's him. true. Uh, the, uh, but and he was a singles hitter. Yeah, I mean, each row's a lock to me. Uh, but then again, oh, question. but but then again, I would have thought that Biggio would be in by now, as well. Yeah. Uh, well, I af- know after. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Well, you no, ahead. I interrupted you. Go okay. ahead. Okay. After uh, each row, I would say that I mean it's got to be Pujols after that. You know, now uh, Pujols have a kind of a comeback season this year, uh, but I. To me, I you know uh, my eye test you know he's got that Sammy Sosa superhero you know, physique that I don't believe in that comes naturally, uh, but there has never been any PED use actually attributed to him. There've been sh- there've been rumors, and rumors have hurt people like Bagwell and Sosha uh in terms of getting into the Hall of Fame. Neither of them have had anything attributed other than just rumors because of the way they look, you know. And if uh, uh if I may, if Albert Pujols retired after this year, now, obviously, he's not going to with all that money owed to him over the next bazillion years. Yeah. But if he were to retire ne- at, after this year, right. do you think he would get in the Hall of Fame in five years? In five years, no, but I think he would eventually get in. Okay. Uh, if he plays another... I mean, he's like approaching numbers now, you know, all-time numbers. He had numbers that for season production, uh, things that would, like were equaled by Lou Gehrig and stuff. I mean, he was in haughty numbers, you know, for seasonal-type performance. But now he's getting into the 500 home runs and the 1,500 RBIs and that sort of stuff. And that is, uh, you know, the more of those that he achieves, the more likely he is to be in the Hall of Fame. I still think the guy was juiced. I think he had HGH, you know, uh, and but... You know, uh, but there's been no proof of that. I don't have any reason other well, than my eye. Well, speaking of that, and 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 PED users who have been caught, of course, there's a Rod. Uh, I would say he's never going to get in. Um, but Ryan Braun is kind of interesting. If Ryan Braun um, completes his career 
at the pace that he's showing this season, and he continues to put up numbers like he did before getting caught in the right, MVP right. year and whatever, you get where I'm going. Do you think that forgiveness would be given to him and he would make it into the Hall of Fame? It will be interesting by the time Braun is Hall of Fame eligible as to how the writers' uh, relation... the. The Baseball Writers of America have not known what to do in regards to the PED use uh, in terms, you know, does bond, do Bonds and uh, Clemens get in because they were like close to Hall of Famers before all of the PED use and stuff. I mean, there has been no instruction on this. The Hall of Fame has given no instruction. Major League Baseball no, has not given any instruction. And so the baseball writers have had to be the the sheriffs of the game without a particular law to enforce and uh i i don't think i think there is uh i mean people have talked is mcguire going to get in uh, eventually probably not because his numbers were somewhat borderline without the PED use. Um, well, that's true. But, I mean, Ryan Braun is, like, practically right. all-world. Oh, oh, and that. his swing for, if I just may, that is the prettiest swing I've ever seen in the last 10 years. I can't think of somebody off the top of my head that has a more fluid, ooh, ooh, effortless ooh. swing. I'll, I'll tell you. Uh, and, and David Justice, son, actually, uh, no, no, would I'll be I'll talk one. to my son about this. Uh, Braun's swing, uh, what makes it so pretty is that it is never close to his body. He is never jammed. He gets the ba- the barrel out away from his body. The person who does this that's the most like Braun at this time, uh, that's playing presently, is David Wright, who also gets that's the bat out point. away from his body. Uh, the um, I, I love his swing. It's an alkaline swing from the other side. Uh the, Owner uh, of all alkaline batteries. <laughs> That's right. I, at least in <laughs> the belief of my seven-year-old self. Uh, <laughs> the um, for those of you who don't know, uh, all the batteries in the world were once owned by Alkaline because they all say alkaline. So there you go. The uh, but yeah, I, I agree. Um, David Wright. Do you think David Wright? And then we'll move on to the next questions. Um, you think David, David Wright's in New York? That's going to help. Yeah, is he going to get into the Hall of Fame? That's what I'm saying. He's in New York. That's going to help. He doesn't have the numbers right now, but he's in New York, and that will help. Do you think he'll ever win a World Series with the Mets? Ooh, that's a better question. Uh, how Just old is he quickly. now? How old is he now? 31? 31, 32. I don't have the number no. in front of me, but no? No. Yeah. Ah, the Mets. Come on out and meet the Mets. All right, so thank you, Chris, for that. Um, next up is Will. He is in Phoenix, Arizona, lifelong Diamondbacks fan, which I must say thank you because they ruined the Yankee dynasty or at least put a stop to it. So thank you, Will. Thank you, Arizona Diamondbacks circa 2001. Uh, He is a former stand-up comedian, was quite excellent at it, and now works in city planning for the city of Phoenix. Uh, He asks three questions. Number one, what is your top five non-ironic relief pitcher facial hair choices? And go. Non-ironic? 
Non-ironic. So no Raleigh fingers and no just top No bottom. Al Herboski? No Al Herboski. No, because I uh, thought that uh, no Goose Gossage? A Goose Gossage, yeah. These don't have to be in any particular order. Well, I mean, I, in thinking of facial hair, I'm going to think goose. Uh, uh, no, Brian, what's his name for the Giants? Yeah, Brian Wilson. No, no, that's you know he dyes his beard. No. Yeah, that's too ironic. No, yeah, I mean, I'd I'm not s- exactly sure what ironic. You know, means by that, but. well, you know, they're doing it for attention. I think is what Will is insinuating. Like Brian Wilson, obviously, he's doing that to do the fear the beard thing and whatever. But I think that. Jason Mott, actually, that is magnificent facial hair for a closer. All right. I, I'm going to say something here as someone who has a fairly <laughs> large mustache uh, <laughs> and has had facial hair throughout most of his life. And in kind of an admission, if the definition of ironic is that you're doing it to be noticed, then why would you not? Why would you have it? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think anybody who has facial hair is doing it to be noticed. I, you know, I hate to admit that, you know, having had facial yeah. hair most of my life. Uh, but I think that's part, uh, you know, there's a certain element of hiding behind it and all that sort of stuff. But uh, And intimidation, too. Well, okay. Because okay. I know uh, that Will, as a Diamondbacks fan, is one of his favorites is Randy Johnson. And Randy Johnson had a magnificent mustache. And I think that that was... You know, part of his whole image was that he looked like he looked like a seven foot tall, angry semi truck driver. Al Raboski was the mad Hungarian, you know, uh, and that was part of the deal. Uh, Gossage, everything about him was like mean. Uh, I I don't know what separates that from Raleigh Fingers, you know, or uh, the uh, I mean, there. So. Yeah. Whatever five we've mentioned right now, that would be my top five. All right. <laughs> uh, next up from Will, what do you think about the, uh, they tried this in the 90s, the turn the clock ahead uniforms. Do you remember these? The, I know the Diamondbacks did it. I think the Rockies did it and the Marlins did it in the Rays. So they were all kind of futuristic looking. Do you do, do you remember these at all and what do you think of them? I I vaguely remember some of them, but I, I think all of the messing around with uniforms is, well, first of all, terribly commercial. Uh, you know, Absolutely. And, uh, on a lot of different levels. Uh, but I think if you really looked into the history of uniforms, some there's some great uniforms. Look at the Phillies back around the 20s and stuff like this with collars, and they were blue. I mean, the Phillies were blue, uh, <laughs> and the uh, I mean, they're, they're th- I mean, uh, the White Sox short pants. You know, I bet if you found some, most of these weird uniforms uh, that uh, you could follow uh, Bill Veck around, and he was probably connected to a good many yeah. of them. I, you know, it, it, it's interesting these these ideas of looking futuristic. Really, it doesn't apply to baseball because baseball is one of, is is the true of the big four American sports or five now or I think the biggest sports in in America in the United States of America are unquestionably football's number one, um, basketball and baseball sadly slipped to number two in popularity. I think basketball comes in third. Then you have a three way tie between the NHL, um, soccer, and NASCAR. 
Um, but anyway, uh, I'm going to completely disagree with you. Really? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, first let's, of all, let's I hear think it. NASCAR has fallen way down, and it's like behind all of the others. It's not in the same category. I don't think baseball is a sport. I think it's an art, and uh, football <laughs> is the you know it's the number one sport in America. Baseball is the American pastime. It's 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 an art. Exactly. It's not, it's not a sport. Which is it's exactly right. Pastime, which is why the uniforms stay the same. You look at the Tigers. That uniform hasn't changed in uh, 100 if you're, years. If you're going to say, if you're going to ask me right now, what are the best uniforms in the major leagues? Tigers, Red Sox, Yankees, and Braves, because they resemble what they did 50 years ago as much. I mean, they're made out of a different fabric, and you know, they're not wearing, yeah. you know, and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I, and they're so classic looking. Yeah, and so the 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 uh, the teams that try to turn the clock ahead—that's a football gimmick, like the Seahawks. The Seahawks now have that, you know, super slick, uh, you know, Tron esque Nike uniform. Look at look at Maryland. Yeah. University. Yeah, that's that's just garish. So <laughs> I don't know. It's all right. I don't all right, it's and football. <laughs> it is football. And finally from Will, I'm not sure if you're gonna be able to take this one. Uh what do you think of Mike Piazza's strike zone baseball on the Nintendo sixty four? No, I can't take that. No, no, you would have you, to you, take it. You don't play many video games. Uh no, no. Um, I, I, I get on Sporkle. Ah, I see. Copy that. Well, um, I actually never had the joy of playing such a thing because I was always a PlayStation guy. So sorry, Will. Um, but I do know that. Um, I'm going to think that since it's Mike Piazza, it yeah, probably wasn't that good. Right, right. Well, I know that. The uh, Nintendo brand has never been one for sports games. So I'll tell you, I, I can't answer as to the quality, but I know the best baseball games uh, that have that were before, you know, baseball games now have sadly gone the way of the dinosaur. There's only like two. Um, I think the best all time was MVP Baseball 2005 on uh, the PlayStation 2. It was the most... Uh, enjoyable accurate to the actual game the owner mode was amazing and sadly that went away because nobody supported it because ea sports only wants to make madden and nhl and soccer now but that was by far the best i think i played that the most but leading up to that you had bases loaded on the uh regular nintendo um super nintendo like king griffey jr baseball um, Nintendo 64, I couldn't say. I guess we'll go with Mike Piazza. But by far, my favorite from the earlier, from like the mid-90s when I was actually playing a lot of video games was World Series Baseball 2 on the Sega Saturn, which had Fred McGriff on the cover. So there you go. Well, wait, wait, Tucker. I'm going to disagree with you. and Well, not disagree with you, but I'm going to throw out something else that I think a lot of your viewers would acknowledge our viewers be, right, our, our, our viewers our, our, our listeners our more mature viewers will recognize stratomatic was the baseball game forever stratomatic stratomatic was the baseball game for 30 years what was that on it was on a board Ah, uh, well, we're talking and video games. You here. didn't say video games; you said baseball games. Well, I, Will's I, Will from Phoenix I'm wants to know saying, about video. I games. guarantee you, there are some of your our viewers that know about 
Stratomatic. It right. was like the game, and it was endorsed by people like Mickey Mantle, Willie Mays, Duke Snyder, Ted Williams, Joe DiMaggio. These people were on the covers that said, I play Stratomatic all the time. <laughs> well, we'll have to find one on eBay. And... I have one in the, in <laughs> right over there. <laughs> well, maybe uh, we'll, we'll, we'll bust that out at some point. So, Well, thank you, Will, uh, from Phoenix. Um, this next question comes from... Tony, who's in Pensacola, but he's uh, from St. Louis, so we'll have to forgive him as well. So he's a uh, Cardinals fan, and he writes, I'd love to hear both of your opinions on free agency in MLB and how it truly affects the cohesiveness of a team each season. Um, he says, since we just had the draft, I'm curious on your take about what's better, building through the minor league system or free agency? Not all teams have the same opinion on that. I'd love to expand on Chris's question from earlier. Um, we kind of touched on that. So uh, so uh, what do you think, Coach? Do you build through the draft in this day and age, or do you do it through free agency? I think it completely depends on the budget that you have available for your team that year. Uh teams like the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Dodgers are uh, allowed to spend more money than most teams. And if buying and paying for a Clayton Kershaw is within your budget, then go for it. Would I rather have Clayton Kershaw or Brandon Arroyo uh, as a free agent? I think I'll take Clayton Kershaw. well, it, he's asking about cohesiveness. So, all right, in terms of the team, I I, I think too much is made of uh, team chemistry. I think that what builds team chemistry is winning. Uh, of all the teams that I coach and everything, the teams that were together and into it the most were generally the teams that won the most. And if having the player a join your team is going to help you win more which enables you to make more money eventually in the major leagues then you're going to be all for it there uh, there's very little resentment from what i know of major leaguers about other people's economic success well, I would have to uh, disagree. I'm going to side with that cohesiveness is important because I'll give you the following examples. The 91 Braves, the Yankee Dynasty, and the Red Sox. Now, the Red Sox and the Yankees obviously had you know, more money than they knew what to do with. They could throw money at players, whereas other teams couldn't. And the Braves of the 90s you know, are guilty of the same thing. But the Braves of 91 are fav- my favorite team, obviously, and I know you have a, uh, you're going to take the bunting to Cooperstown to get it signed uh, from the 91 World Series. They traded for Smoltz. They traded for Glavin. They drafted Steve Avery. They drafted um, uh, Chipper Jones, who came in later, of course. Did you say they drafted. Uh, they... Did they draft Glavin? I yes, can't remember. Yes, they drafted Okay, so they drafted Glavin. Just further okay. proves my point. Drafted David Justice. They got Mark Lemke, Belliard. Uh, the, you know, they brought in key free agents like Terry Pendleton and Sid Bream, but they played roles. They had the right cohesiveness. Now, you look at the Yankee dynasty from 96 through 2001. They had guys that were not all 
going to knock the cover off the ball. You had your Paul O'Neills, you had your Scott Brocious, you had Bernie Williams. These weren't all, it wasn't like a fantasy team. You know, if you, if you took the, the Yankees from even 1998, one of the greatest years ever put together, and you had that fantasy team as your fantasy team, you'd lose. You'd be probably, I don't know, like if you're in a league of, you know, eight to 10, you'd be near the bottom. But they won title after title after title. The only two instances of a store-bought team that wins it all, in my recollection, are the 97 Marlins and the 2009 Yankees. Can you? I mean, how many championships have the Yankees won since 2000? And yet they've been spilling. They they've probably spent close to like right, three right. billion all, dollars in payroll, and they bought them one championship. Uh, yes. Whereas I, the Cardinals. The St. Louis Cardinals, they, I mean, David Freeze? Who are these people? All right. They just bring uh, them up out of nowhere, and suddenly they've won a title again. A good team, uh, I mean, a good organization is going to get the right people to play for them. Uh, free agency didn't exist until Dave McNally takes a walk. Uh, prior to that, you have trades that are kind of the equivalent of free agency. When the Orioles got Frank Robinson for Milt Pappas in 1966, this is free agency. I'm sorry. Milt Pappas was not worth Frank Robinson. Milt Pappas was a good serviceable pitcher. Nothing, No offense, Milt. But Frank Robinson is one of the greatest players ever to put on a uniform. Uh, that was a... That was free agency at those times. That was the Cincinnati Reds saying, we're not going to pay this salary anymore. He's your problem. He's kind of an activist. You take him. We, we don't want this. We'll take, we need another pitcher. You give us Pappas. Uh, there were transactions made along those lines. And uh, a good organization, the Orioles were a very good organization at that time. Uh, they brought in the pieces that they needed to bring in. They brought in the George Kells and the Frank Robinsons. Uh, and, uh, and still they brought up the Paul Blairs and Mark Belangers as well. Uh, a, the Yankees, when you're looking at their dynasty years, you just said it. They don't win without the Paul O'Neills that you're talking about. But the big five, Rivera, Jeter, uh Posada, Posada uh, Pettit. Uh, the uh, Pettit. Who was the fifth one? Uh, is that Bernie? Uh, uh, Raleigh, yeah, yeah, uh, that, that makes sense. The uh, yeah, it was Bernie Williams. The uh, those five, they were they were a core, uh, and they're but, all drafted, yeah, all drafted. Sure, but that's like the only Yankees that were drafted in. I mean, but well, exactly, and that's exactly. But, but you see, you're win, proving my point. I, I'm not proving any point. I'm not saying. Well, you're that, answering. I'm the not question saying that, that there is one way that's better than the other. I'm not. I'm saying a good organization wins. And the organization knows when we need a free agent to join these uh, this core of uh, players that we've drafted and developed. Right now, the Braves are a couple of players away. They tried to go get the free agents. They tried with BJ, and they tried uh, with, uh, with Ugla, but it didn't work. Well, th- this is true, but just to answer, Tony's question here is asking about what is better, build through minor league system or free agency build. Now, I know it's a combination of both, 
But if you look at any successful team for a stretch of years, right. it is, is unquestionably you develop from within. Unless you are the Yankees or the Dodgers, but, you have to have a farm system. Well, but I mean, look, how many championships have the Yankees won since the dynasty ended they in could, 2001? Though. They could. But they haven't. I'm not. Yeah, you're right. They haven't. They, uh, they ha- they've lost to teams with far less money. I mean, look. They, I here, bet you give me the money they've spent, I'll put a team that'll win. But then how come they didn't? Because they they didn't get me. Oh, I see. That's not egotistical at all. No, but I think most baseball fans feel the same way. Well, okay. Um, anyway, thank you, Tony. Uh, I used to work for Tony actually. He was uh, used to be an assistant director and a very cool one at that. And uh, so there you go. Back in my glory days as a production assistant. And Tony, if you're ever in Atlanta, come see me at Nancy G's. I'll buy you a drink. Um, I, I bartend, so there you go. Uh, this next question comes from David. We call him Puffy uh, in the hood. Um, David asks, and he lives in Atlanta, worst BJ in Braves history, Sirhoff or Upton? No, uh, Upton. I'm sorry. Sirhoff, we got at the end of his career, uh, and blindly you wanted him to be more important than he was. We wanted him to be a catcher at the time. Uh, but... Uh, Serhoff was a professional. He was just playing at the end of his career, and we didn't pay a grillion dollars for him. He wasn't <laughs> stopping us from going and getting some. Look, uh, Serhoff uh, is not anywhere. You can't put the two of them together. The only the only connection is that they both were in the outfield, and they both were had BJ's first name. <laughs> I could not agree more. B.J. Upton, by far, worst B.J. in Atlanta history. And that's saying something. But that saying, B.J. He hit a triple yesterday. And he could end up great. I'm not holding my breath, but you know we're gonna, he's going to be playing for us for a couple more years. So I don't want to condemn the guy. Yeah, that's true. Ugly, though. There you go. Ugly's gone. Yeah, he's gone. All right, so thank you, Mr. Puffy Holmes, for that. Our last question comes from Brandon, and he is in New York City, but is a lifelong, lifetime Braves fan. So thank you, Brandon, for for putting up the good fight in enemy territory. Was Brandon, did he live in Atlanta or Milwaukee or? Utah, Brandon. Oh, Brandon, who, what's the last name? Well, it's Hellrich. Hellrich, Brandon Hellrich. All right, okay. Of Riverwood fame. All right, okay, all right, okay. That Brandon. Goofy, goofy kid. All right, kind of big kid. Kind of a big kid. He's lost yeah. a lot of weight, though. He's well, looking I mean, good. Well, he's taller, but that taller than me doesn't mean much. Yeah, you also taught his sister, too, Tara. Tara. Tara Hellrich. Theater man. Uh, she was I remember in the Brandon, but I don't remember Tara. Sorry, Tara. No, it's all right. They're, they'll forgive you. They, you were an inspiration to them both, and <laughs> I know they meant the world to you, clearly. Uh, they, all my kids did. All right. So Brandon asks us a kind of a general sports question. He says that, uh, it's kind of becoming a trend to take a first-year retired player and make him a head coach. Take uh, Jason Kidd with the Nets. And Fisher. Yep, the... Derek Fisher with the Knicks. So do we expect, uh, Brandon asked, do we expect this trend to continue to migrate to baseball? And if so, who are some recently retired or soon-to-be-retired players that are candidates? Cough, cough, Jeter. Uh, oh, Jeter will never be. Makes too much money. Uh, the... The best players that become managers are the players that had to work at it to stay in the major leagues. Uh, very, very, very few uh, 
all-stars have become successful managers. Now, Ted Williams took over the old Washington Senators, and they increased their team batting average like 300 or 30 points in one season. But the team ERA went up like a whole point. You know, I mean, uh, he like was like, screw the pitchers. You know, and he, but people like Eddie Brinkman were hitting 300. Uh, Yogi Berra was a pretty successful manager as, uh, you know, who obviously was a Hall of Famer. Bob Lemon had a successful career as manager. But very few top, you know, people like Jeter uh, became uh, successful major league ball players. Uh, part of the reason is the money. You know, managers, you know, make a million and a half. You know, Jeter makes, you know, what? 19 million, you know, I don't know what he makes. It's a little less here at the tail end, at the very end, but yes, it's it's quite a bit. It's, it's you know, uh, I, 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 a million and a half is his meal money. Yeah, yeah or what he gives his dates yeah, as a, as like a your little, welcome gift. Yeah, those little gift packages. Yeah, I, I will say that um, first-year retired players becoming baseball managers, I don't think will work. I think you have to take a step back and give it a couple of years to really see, see the game from third person, you know, cause you, you have to, if you, I, I feel like if you're in the middle of it, it it's not the same cause you're focusing too much on what you're doing the majority of the time. Whereas when you become a manager, you have to focus on what everybody else is doing and you coach. So you can correct me if I'm wrong, but um, I will say that if there is to be success from a, recently retired or retired the previous season and now as a manager it's catchers catchers time and time again seem to make the best managers you just look former players being managers just look at mike sosha yoga berra catchers look at the game from a totally different viewpoint they're looking at it from both offensively and defensively and that's why catchers i mean and they are constantly monitoring everybody's batting styles and seeing what is going to work it's a a whole different approach and that's why catchers are um the in in terms of you're you're so right in looking at uh trying to see how this affects other people as opposed to what you need to do to be successful are two different things altogether and a lot of it is visionary so for somebody like myself, I would need a whole lot of development. However, I'll never forget uh, when I was first coaching, I, I coached, uh, and still to this day, uh, a kid, I thought, a kid, he's yeah, probably 50-something now, uh, who the most intelligent baseball player I ever coached, Tim Osborne. And his father was Bo Osborne, uh, who had been like a Detroit Tiger for like 10 years, uh, but he was a catcher and a first baseman. He played behind Norm Cash and Bill Freehan. Uh, and this was before free agency. He was stuck there. He would have been a starter, I think, with a lot of other teams. He once won, led the American Association in hitting, and uh, the person he topped that year was Carl Yastrzemski. This was a, uh, you know, a, a reserve in the major leagues of 16 teams uh, for 12 years or so. And I would go talk to him like, I don't know why Jeff, the catcher, isn't hitting. I can't figure it out. And and Bo would be like, well, you can see that his 
front shoulders pulling out as soon as the catcher or as soon as the pitcher opens up his his left side i'm like what 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 what, what? i mean and he saw things <laughs> uh, that, how is your mind at that moment uh, blown I, I, yes i i mean he saw things that i didn't have any concept of seeing and i realized that that's a difference in a major leaguer in me so if i'm saying that yes i it would take me a long time uh to have the vision, the insight, and whatnot to coach in the major leagues. Manage is a whole different thing. Um, the um, yes, uh, yes, I think I, I don't come anywhere close to a major leaguer's ability along those lines. But you think so? Well, moving away back to you know major league baseball is currently. Um, if you had somebody who retired this year and then instead of going and taking you know years to buy islands and whatever they jump into being a manager their first year after being a player do you think it would be successful or not i think you could it would have to be somebody to manage the media and all that sort of stuff there's a type of thing now you probably should speak spanish you know yeah Of, of players currently playing today that are more in the tail end of their career which one do you think has the best potential to be a manager a successful manager. I, I can't say that. I, I'll think about it and come up with it next week. All right, Brandon. So you're going to have to tune in next week. You're, you're, it's required. Well, thank you all very much. Uh, thank you for all your questions. Um, be sure to check us out on Facebook, Running the Bases, on Twitter, at Running the Base. And this episode will be on SoundCloud slash Running the Bases, SoundCloud.com. Thank you so much, Coach. Night, Tiger. All right. Good night, fans.